0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Scale Riders Podcast episode. I am your host, 65 Lokes, covering model car culture from around the world. This is episode number 170. My guest for this episode is Scott, also known on Instagram as Scott's Scaled Builds, all the way from South Carolina. Let's go ahead and hit him up. Let's get into some model talk and let's see what he's been up to. Hello. Hey, what's up, Scott? How you doing? Hey, Edgar, what's going on, man? Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hey, bud, thanks for having me. Nice, nice, man. Dude, I've been uh, keeping an eye on your work, man, and you got some, like, high-level stuff.
1: Oh, thanks, dude, appreciate
0: it. Yeah, no, thank you for taking the time for being on the podcast. Um, There's, like, a lot of things that I want to cover, and uh, right now, I mean, I just want to start things off by asking, what's currently on the bench?
1: Uh, Currently on the bench is a Ming
0: hummer h1 in the uh, 124th scale nice and, and that's a like a limited edition kit right i haven't seen very many of them i've ran across
1: one or two at a couple of shows and kind of kicked myself in the butt for not buying them and uh last year at the Acme show in november i found one and i snatched it up as quick as i saw it so yeah they're, they're pretty hard to come by
0: man that's cool yeah because I haven't seen, you know, like you said, like too many of them. And then when I started to see you post about them, I I looked some up and there was like anywhere. I couldn't find them anywhere. Even my distributor, I was like checking, like, I wonder if these are going to come out. But there's like none listed available through them.
1: Right. And when you do find them like on eBay and stuff, they're extremely high, like way overpriced.
0: Yeah. Dang. I I know uh, that that company is going to be producing a BMW soon. Uh, They've been soliciting... Uh, their, their postings on that model i'm not too sure when yet but it is uh supposed to come out but i do like that you give these updates on what you're currently building it definitely makes it exciting
1: oh yeah i try to try to keep it a little bit update um it's been been kind of hard here the last month or so been trying to get normal housework done spring springtime type stuff and cleaning a lot of landscaping so i had a uh a bit of dead time for building for the last month but i'm trying to hit it back hard now so
0: yeah right on and when do you find yourself like building through the week is it at night before you go to sleep or is it something that you get up like early in the morning uh to get started before you you know start your day uh usually throughout the week
1: if i do have time it's it's generally at night time so probably like anywhere from nine ten o'clock or something like that till i go to bed and uh, i get up really early so the, the morning thing would not be it and but weekends yeah i i try to hit it on weekends if i don't have anything to do pretty much get up early on a saturday or something like that spend half a day or, or whatever like say if i've if i've got one prepped and ready for paint i'll get up early and, and shoot it with paint and make sure all that's good and then shoot clear and and go about what i got to do that day and then maybe sunday i'll get up and and try to start doing a couple other things if i have some detail and paint out pants to do and and things like that but uh it's generally weekend but through the week i get a little bit of time to work on stuff
0: no that's cool and when you're working on a model do you stint like do you tend to stay on that particular build from beginning to end or do you kind of just like to mix it up and you know dabble into other things in the meantime but maybe not show them
1: well i usually just stay with what i'm working on because man i i guess my ocd gets me <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. I, I would love to build multiple things at one time but I, i'm afraid that if i steer off and go to another build that i won't give as much attention to the first one that i started or either one of them you know I, they won't be what i want it to be I'm, I'm afraid i wouldn't be happy with it or it just wouldn't get the the attention to detail that it deserves
0: yeah no it, it's a trip <laughs> because I, i've i've Guilt, I'm guilty of that. Like, um, I start on one thing and then I get like super hyped on it. I get to a certain point and then I kind of like back off from it and I and I open up another kit and another kit and I don't stop. And I used to do it. it used to be a lot worse back then, but now I'm starting to just kind of be like, all right, I'm only sticking to like a couple or a few. And if if I don't get if I don't you know finish these, then I'm not going to go any further into any other builds. And when I was talking to two snacks i that was one thing you know he, he was telling me like you like you guys stick to that one until it's done and i gotta say man that that's really it's hard to do but it's also like a, a good influence like when i see you guys stick to the one i'm like man i need i need to start doing that like for sure be like responsible about that oh
1: yeah it's it's definitely different because I mean like you see you go on Instagram you see all these guys on here they're building three four five six models at a time they're like man how in the world do they do this uh, I, I'd be afraid that oh I'd put something here and and just forget about it or, or build like halfway through this one and leave it for so long and then forget where I was at and come back and be like well I'm gonna rush this because I want to get it done and get get on with this one but uh, that's that that one man I'm uh, what you're like you like me the same way you kind of like uh you get sidetracked and uh i'll see something like if i if i get a new kit in the mail i'll open it up and i'm like man this is great i want to start it but then you think well if i start it now i don't have another one finished and it's just kind of you kind of push it off for a little bit but at the same time too you almost want to rush the one you're you're working on then so you can get to that one but got to have that
0: self control. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do. Do you ever uh like plan out your builds through the year because I know, you know, like every year there's only so many builds that we can build in a year. Right. But do you ever yeah. kind of uh you know, make a selection sort of and to be like, "All right, let's just say for example, like for 2023, these would be kind of the ones that I'm going to stick to hopefully." Well,
1: usually I don't plan them out. Um, I know 2020, I had a bunch planned out for 2021, and uh, I stuck to those, believe it or not. And this year, it's just kind of been, I, I tried to plan them out, but it didn't stick to it. <laughs> yeah. After uh, the, the previous build, actually that 240 that I just finished for Splash, I had planned on doing like a uh, the Ford versus Ferrari GT40, because I actually have three of those Fujimi kits, and I was going to do the first, second, third place finishers they said a black car, the gold car and a blue car. And uh, I was going to start on those and just do, do each one, you know, just one after the other. But then I got this Hummer and I, it just caught my eye and I, I started getting stuff for it. And I was like, man, I got to build this next. So that kind of put me off track a little bit, but it's all right. Yeah. I'll get to those sometime.
0: <laughs> no, that's cool. I mean, I, you know, it's always, there's nothing wrong with like, let's say consuming kits, you know, whether it's buying, trading, or get, get getting them as a gift and just sacking up on them, and then when the when the timing's right, you know, looking at the that wall of like kits, you kind of decide like, all right, which is the one that I'm going to go with.
1: No, for sure. Uh, like right now, like the last show that I went to in May, I had no intentions of buying anything. I mean, you probably know how it is. You go somewhere and you <laughs> see something, you got to have it. Well, uh, a good friend of mine, Bob Downey, was selling some of his collection, and uh, I bought I bought a build or a kit from him and immediately i was like yep this is my next build i started finding stuff i went ahead and talked with sam i got some paint for it in the next build so it's it's kind of weird man you, you see you get this vision in your head and that's, that's what's kind of making me want to rush up this hummer but i'm not gonna rush it <laughs> but like, i already have that next build which has pushed the the uh fujimi gt40s out even further now but hey it's all right they'll they'll get done like i said
0: yeah, and some of that paint that you get from Sam over at Splash—it's uh, their custom mix, right?
1: Yes, uh, good bit of stuff here. That I've done the past couple builds have been custom mix, or either like the the color that was on that 240 was something that he released for the uh, the 240 line. So I've had a good bit of stuff mixed from him that was custom, and, and they are spot on. Um, pretty much anything that he has done for me has been like a dead match to. I've I've had some stuff that I've been able to hold it up right to a car, and I've had a lot of stuff that I've had to look at in pictures, but it's dead on it, man. It's hard to go wrong with his stuff.
0: Yeah, that's cool, man. That's pretty awesome because it it definitely you know things like that definitely are gonna make the car more unique and stand out, and also it just makes that that process you know like how I was saying earlier like the the level of your builds are they really high and clean, so you're going that extra step you know to to get that color.
1: Oh yeah, that, that's and I like to find stuff that's a little different. Just kind of like the color on this. I mean, I know it kind of looks like a a charcoalish color, but what? But I mean, that black diamond was pretty rare on on the H ones, and I mean, you don't really see too many of them. And uh, that, and it being like a matte finish, I, it it stands out. It makes them different.
0: Yeah, and you know, <clears throat> when when someone sees your Instagram, you know, I I like how the just the post kind of the coordination of even the build right you get to see everything from the beginning process um all the way you know like the bodywork, the engine the paint process up to the to the final you know uh build process and the presentation at the very end you know with the photography it looks super dope and that's something that i like to see because it just looks everything looks very organized and you know, as you go back further into like older posts from previous years, you start to see other uh different cars and different styles that like, you've built. Right.
1: Uh yeah, I'm I'm kind of a organization freak when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> I, I like to be able to look at something from start to finish and uh kind of see the prog the progress on it. And I know it's kind of helpful too, man. I mean, everybody gets on Instagram and just starts looking and you're like, Oh, I'm building this. I mean, what did he do? You know, uh, it's nice to be able to get on there and just see what you did from the beginning to the end of it and, and see that progress you make.
0: Yeah. You know, when you were working on that, uh, the Hakosuka, the GTR, uh, yes. that one, <clears throat> one of the, you know, the the posts you had done was with the, the spoons that you had painted and, yep. you know, you, you wrote on the bottom of the spoon on the handle, you know, what was underneath the the tone of a primer that you use and the the brand. And I remember a friend of mine, uh, many years ago telling me about that. You know, you can always do things like that to, to kind of shoot before you get into your build. This way you kind of know what you're getting into and what shade or, you know, you're going to get on your car. And I never really like did that on my end. I would just kind of I don't know. I I would just jump the gun, you know, and be like, all right, I'm just going to paint it. And then next, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, why is this white so dark? You know, it's like I use like a a dark gray primer (laughs) underneath. Right. Right. um, You know, just learning the hard way. And but I I like, you know, seeing that because it takes me back. And then now I'm like, all right, you know, if I'm going to if I'm going to go with a color and I'm not sure I better do something like this for sure.
1: Oh, for sure, man. It definitely helps you get that visualization of what you're going to have at the end. And I mean, especially if you're tossing up two or three different colors. So, I mean, like, say if you want to go with an orange, white or a blue, I mean, you're not going to know what's going to look good on that car. You might paint a little bit of bigger spoon or something like that and kind of hold up to it. and Just see where where you're at. Or like you said, just different shading, man. It's it's crazy what different colors and shades of primer will do to that uh, base coat
0: color. Yeah, and when you're building your models, like, let's say you do the, uh, like, the body work, and then once you get the car painted, when you're waiting for it to dry, or or when you put that aside, is that when you kind of transition into the engine, or how, tell us about the, the process, like, what you go through through the beginning, the middle, and, and the end. Uh, usually, I, I try to keep on the same
1: track every time I want to build one, so when I get it out, of course, I unbox it and get everything out, make sure everything's there, nothing's warped or broken and uh, I always start with scribing panel lines and and cleaning up mold lines and and filling sinkholes if there's anything like that Uh, I always do that on the body first for some reason that to me that is the most boring part of the build but yet the most necessary and important part of the build because all that stuff draws your eye especially panel lines like you, you go to all these shows and you see these amazing builds but panel lines may not be scribed or they'll be filled in with clear or something. And it like, looks great, but that kind of just distracts you a little bit, you know, but, uh, <clears throat> I'll, I'll get the panel lines on the body and stuff done and I'll shoot it in primer and then I'll start test fitting stuff. And, uh, after I get everything test fitted and make sure everything's good, if there's any sanding or anything like that has to be done, I'll get all that stuff done and, and then I'll start just gluing engine parts together and, Usually you're like, Oh, I'm going to build this out of the box stock. Yeah. Right. Like that ever happens. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you'll get sidetracked, man. It's like ADD or something. It's, it's very weird. I'll I always plan on this. It's like that 240 build. I plan on building it with the stock single overhead cam and just putting some ITBs on it. Nope. That didn't happen. It went with a full S 20 swap, <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, I'll, I'll try to get the motor and stuff together. if it, If the kit has an engine and, uh, test fit everything there especially like if you're going to make any like intercoolers or anything like that you got to run piping and stuff i always like to do that and since i've started doing all this detailing with the extra wires and brake lines and stuff i really try to get all that done and all the holes drilled in the body before color goes on so that way when once i get that first coat of primer on i can start drilling holes and go back later and sand it if i need to and shoot another coat of primer but won't have to worry about messing any color up so uh after after all the detail holes and stuff are drilled i usually try to get the interior uh pretty much painted up and and done and the interior to me is usually the first thing that's done off the hole list, uh besides the motor being put together and not painted but interior is usually the first thing finished and once it's finished then i'll start detailing the motor out and uh then it'll be color for the body while that dries i might do a little bit of detail work on stuff and then I'll try to get the chassis finished. So I'll start doing suspension. Once that's done, I'll shoot the body and clear. And while it's drying for, I, I usually put my stuff in a dehydrator on like 95 degrees. So uh, that that clear coat from from Splashman, that 2K stuff is awesome. Uh, you can throw in that dehydrator. With a couple of hours, you can be handling it. But
0: wow.
1: I usually give it, I usually give it three to five days just, just to cure out really well. So I know when I sand, I won't have any, underlying like sand marks that won't come out or the clear is too soft or it just eats into it too much but while that's drying i'll, I'll try to get the chassis and, and the whole rolling stop finished you know and uh then then once the body gets done you can start your wet sand and polishing process and painting any trim doing any all your your lights and, and stuff like that and that's that's usually usually the way i do it once once the body is done get all your detailing done on the body, you can slap it together and throw the mirrors and the little stuff on it, and it just falls together.
0: Man, that's awesome. Dude, you make me want to, like, come through and build with you. (laughs) Dude, that's dope. I was, like, visualizing everything you were just saying right now, especially from, like, seeing, like, the photos on your posts and everything. And, uh, you know, the, the final build, I was like, man, I'm just picturing everything going down. That's pretty dope yeah I, I like i said man
1: I, I try to stay organized when it comes to that and usually too like if i if i do that on one build i, I i'll i try to do it on the next build just because it makes things a little easier because all right well i'm done with this I, I know what i need to do next or kind of if something gives you a little bit of a hard time or frustrates you a little bit maybe you can just sit down and move on to something else that's next in a step but you can also just fall back to it i mean we've all had that that time where you got to sit something down and walk away and before you want to throw it across the room or chunk it in the trash can. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that Nissan, the, the 240 Z, the fair lady, you know, that being one of the, like a, a new, like a new kit from, uh, to that was released. Uh, yep. I, you know, yours is probably one of the only ones I've seen like done I, on Instagram. I haven't seen any of them like built or done or any showing them like, Hey, I got it. It's complete. I've only seen yours. Once in a while, I'll come across some photos on like Twitter, but it's just the box. It's not really like right. the the kit being that gets done. So it's it was really nice to see the the actual kit like completed. And I mean, your your take on it looks amazing. I, I like it more than the box art. But no, and, thanks, and usually the box arts always look cool, you know. But when I saw yours, right. I'm like, man, like this one's. Like, it, it, this is you right here. This is your style, you know? I, you know, I remember a while back, I had mentioned, you know, like, I was telling, like, Vision 124, like, you got your style. Um, Gavin out in Japan, Taku, he has his style. Like, every model builder has, like, their style. Like, a signature of... Oh, for sure. Like, of a level how they build, you know? And, you know, when I start to see all your cars, I'm like, dude, like, that's your style right there, you know? I I don't know... It's it's hard to even just say like what it is, but it's just like based on like your name, like the way you market, you know, yourself on Instagram and everything. It's like definitely it's your style right there. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Like you said, man. Everybody's got their style. I mean, everybody. Some people may be good at, at like Ariel He's freaking awesome at carbon, but heck, yeah. he's not awesome at everything. But uh, I mean, you know, his style is is carbon. He's carbon king. know. Yep. <laughs> And I mean, you got, uh, what Kiwis Cam? that dude, he dabbles in everything, man. He's awesome. Yeah. But, uh, he, he has his own style. Same, Mm -hmm. same as him. I mean, everybody's got their own style. And like you said, when you see that build, you immediately know it's them. And and I, I, I tend to build things that I like, or would love to have myself in real life. And I don't like to overdo it. I am more of like a simple, simple person. I mean, yeah, got some, camera out like a little bit of camera out stuff and and some different wheels but i like to keep it where it looks almost factory but like the small details show through
0: mm-hmm. yeah. so
1: it it really to me that pops a lot i mean that's just me i mean everybody's everybody's different but mm-hmm. I, i'm the same way on my stuff that i have in in person my one-to-one stuff like i got just simple stuff it's, it goes a long way
0: yeah, yeah, I could see that because they do, when you see these cars, they do look like, you know, something you would see in like a one-on-one scale. Um, you know, these could even be like inspirations or even a blueprint for someone who actually owns those cars in one-on-one scale. Right. And then, speaking of that,
1: I, I before I build something, I, I'm, I'm really bad about this. I'll get on the internet and I'll look for pictures and I'll just look at different things, just trying to get different ideas. I might pull three or four cars and have just something i like out of each one and put in that one build but uh that 240 i don't know what it was or how i ran across it but me and sam was just talking one night and i was like dude i was like this would be so bad you know i was just sit in the car i was like that that's perfect i said if i had that i said i'd build it exactly that way and i started digging and found the the, the t37v's and i uh, couldn't decide if i wanted to do a two-tone or just all white but it, it was definitely something that was an inspiration and and like with every build I've got pictures stored in my phone. I've got a folder with probably like thirty-five or four thousand pictures, you know, of the future builds or stuff that I have built or just all kinds of reference pictures. I try to do as close to the real car as possible as far as referencing things.
0: Man, that's awesome right there. I like that you're you know, you do your homework. You know, you're collecting data and at the same time I'm sure you're learning a lot about the car as well along the Oh,
1: for sure. That's yeah, that's to me. That's that's another fun part of it too. I mean, especially learning stuff. I mean, I didn't know the history on the the two forties uh, with the S twenty in them. Uh, I mean, this is awesome. I didn't know they made but a certain few of them, you know. But that's that's to me is is really cool. Like I said, learning that stuff. Like when I built the uh the Tamiya uh, Z Tune R thirty four. Heck, I didn't know there wasn't but like nineteen or twenty of those, and I'm research 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 i mean those cars are just awesome and like said you learn so much about stuff i mean you didn't know it just to me it gives you another little bit of level of appreciation for that build or the actual car
0: yeah no it does definitely and it it, it makes it more exciting especially when you see it in person or in video you know you go man there there it is there's that car That's cool. And, you know, as far as um, your workspace, like your bench, I know uh, we've talked about it before regarding like, you know, comfortable chair. And you just recently uh, were showing on Instagram, everybody, the new table that you got. Tell us like how important it is about your setup for when you your workspace.
1: Uh, Well, to me, like a simple space is pretty much what i like to have nothing that's like overly cluttered i'd love to have some of like the desk organizers and stuff but i feel like it would take away my actual working area um i would love to have them like i said but the your height i mean you got to be comfortable to sit there and build i mean if you're going to sit there a whole saturday or something you don't want to get up and your neck be be hurting your back be hurting something like that so i i i recently bought this Husky 52 inch uh, adjustable height work table or workbench, and And uh, it's, it's great, man. I mean, you can, you can adjust it to any height you want to. And I got this gaming chair last year because the old office chair I had was just, it was horrible, man. You sit in it for a couple of hours, your neck gets to hurt and you get tired. You I don't know, you just get ill. <laughs> and it really kind of cramps your building. So, but being comfortable, man, that's, it's definitely important if you're going to sit here and build and actually have a good time and and not think about anything else.
0: Yeah, because you're right, dude. I mean, I I've, I still have, like, the office chair, you know. And even that thing's, like, old and kind of worn out where when I sit down, I almost feel like I'm, like, sliding off the chair from the front. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, every time I, like, I sit down and... Next thing you know, you know, I'm, like, working on something, an hour goes by, two hours go by, and I don't even, like, get up. And then finally when I'm, like, oh, man, I, like, you, you know, you feel stuck. And I'm, like, <laughs> dude, I need, I need to stand up, right? And I feel kind of crazy. Like, my my legs need – I need to stretch my legs. And that, Yeah, you'll get hurt. <laughs> and that minute when I'm getting up, I just feel my, my lower back all tight, you know, every, like, locked up. And I'm, like, oh, man, like, this isn't good. I need a new chair for sure. Oh, for sure. And it makes a difference, man, because you're not going to want to sit there and feel like that.
1: I mean, the next day, if you hurt like that, if you get up on one day, you're not going to want to go sit back down the next day to get back to building.
0: Yeah, no, nah, man. I need. I definitely need to get me a gaming chair. I mean, I, I've been looking at some, and, you know, it just makes a lot of sense. They look comfortable, and I figure, you know, if, if people are using these chairs to to play video games for long hours, it should it should do justice when building a model car as well.
1: Oh, for sure. It's definitely, uh, there for the long haul. (laughs)
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's cool. And as far as like on your bench, you know, how you mentioned, you know, you have, you want the space and it's clear and you have that, that, uh, drawer on the bottom, that pullout drawer. Um, did you already fill that up with tools already? Oh yeah. The two drawers, it's a two drawer bench
1: and they're not very deep, but they're, I'd say a good, they're 36 inches wide. So I've, I've got like just supplies in the top drawer with like detailing wire or uh, heat shrink or stuff like that, tube in uh, my epoxy or embossing in, in powders, putty, stuff like that. And the bottom drawer, I didn't really have anywhere to put this before, but I've got pretty much all of my aftermarket wheels or, or tires, resin parts, stuff like that, um, like hobby design kits or engines. Uh, all that's in here just because I really didn't have anywhere to put it and I didn't feel like tossing it in a box somewhere and having to dig through there. The next build when I was like, I don't know where this part is. You know, I just opened the drawer up. And there it is. But I have two Sterilite containers that are stackable with drawers that pull out on each side. And uh, I've got, got all my stuff in there. Um, each drawer has like its own little dedicated thing. Like one might have dark color acrylic paint or something like that. And that's might have light. And Then you got all your airbrush stuff in one polishing stuff. Uh, I got a, bunch of decals that i've put in, in zip bags that are that are in there with other small like um, photo etch things and uh, different like tape drawers and stuff i mean I, i'm kind of ocd when it comes to organization stuff like i said so it's it's easier to work when you can find something instead of having to dig through things and look for it
0: yeah no it's so true and that's good because then this is your way of also preserving the items you know especially like the decals putting them in the ziplock bags if not you know they're stacked up and next you know they're like stuck together
1: yeah they're they're just unusable (laughs) Yep, no that's true any kit that i get uh that i finish even if i don't use all the decals out of it i'll just take those and i'll slide them in a little bag i have like a a whole bag with like aftermarket stuff like shunko decals or stuff like that and then i have all of my kit decals with tags or Various little uh, decals for badging or something I didn't use. Heck, you never know. One day you might need them.
0: Yeah. What do you do with the boxes? Do you keep or do you just toss them? Well,
1: my later builds, I have kept a bunch of those boxes. And they're in the closet pretty much at the top of the stack on everything. But like old stuff that I built way back in the day, they're they're long gone.
0: Yeah. I I seen a, a video. I need to find it. Maybe I'll send it to you. If I could find it, I need to find it, but I was, uh, I saw a video in the, like, in the Gundam community where this guy had, like, the box, and he was showing you how to uh, um, cut the box in a way where it slants. So, so like, you only basically, basically you're cutting, like, the bottom part and you're folding it in, and, and it slants up in a way where you could, like, just hang it on your wall. It's, and it's almost oh, like if cool. like if the box is like you know sort of 3D in a way. Uh, right. But The top part is uh, is coming out, but the bottom part it, it starts to like slant down into the wall. It looked pretty cool. He had like a bunch of them, and I was it like, would be pretty cool. I was like, oh man, that looks pretty dope. Like he just had them lined up on his wall, and because of the box art, it almost look because it it's almost like um, you know like it's an outer space war right. or whatever. It, it just looked pretty yeah. cool the way he had it. Uh, but if I find it, I'll send it to you. I don't know, just throwing some ideas out there. Yeah, that would be cool, man. I mean, it,
1: I have tossed around the idea of, like, cutting out the, the box art or something like that and trying to do something with it. But at the same time, too, I'm like, I kind of don't want to chop up the box. But if there was something cool to be done with it, it might be might be worth it.
0: Yeah. No, nah, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I I think at this point we need to get into it. your history. I got to ask you. I'm pretty sure a lot of people want to know this. But when did you get involved with model building? Oh, man. Uh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was probably maybe 9, 10, or 11 years old, something like that, whenever I started building. Um, my dad got me into it. I, I grew up around cars my whole life. And um, I just just love them. I, I, I've always loved cars. I always loved working on them. I always loved doing anything that, anything that you could think of. And uh, my dad grew up building models back in the uh, 70s. And ran across a bunch of his old like Johan kits and stuff like that. He had the uh old Vega drag cars and then the 55 Chevy, I think it was the Outlaw uh yellow car with the red or lawman, I can't remember which one it was. Uh he had he had stuff like that, Chevelle drag wagons. And man, you know, the first thing I built, I remember I think was with him. It was uh the Ravel Monogram 70 Chevelle three in one, the heavy Chevy kit and uh that was first first thing i built and um i just just remember it man sitting at the kitchen table when i was little and him building that and it just took off from there I, I built for from then until probably maybe 17 18 years old started driving and, and doing a lot of stuff and that kind of the hobby kind of took a a back seat you know because when you get that age and you just worry about going out and doing other stuff but uh so, from the time I was nine to eleven or so to eighteen, that's, I, I built a lot. I built like especially through the summer when you're out of school, and you just just go. That was when Walmart sold kits. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Walmart sold kits, and I was using uh, testers, rattle cans, and and stuff like that, and all the testers enamel paint. Which now you look back on, you're like, man, how far has this hobby came? Going from that stuff to all your lacquer based paints and and acrylics and stuff like that, and airbrushing. I mean, when I was little, I didn't have airbrush. always wanted one, but you're like, when you're little, you know, your parents kind of might not want to spend that kind of money on you. Or, I mean, back then, that was a lot, you know, when, you, when you're when you a kid for an airbrush setup that you're probably not going to take care of when you're a kid. You don't know how to use it. You might not get interested in it if you can't use it. So it was brush and rattle cam back in the day, man. And uh, like I said, up to about 18 or so, I, I built— and um, then in 2016, I think I started back building. Um, so I, I think I was one Christmas I was up at my in-laws' house and was just surfing through the internet and found the Model Cars Mag forum, and I just started flipping through there. I had a whole week up there at Christmas time, and every day I spent on there, it just lit a fire under me, man. I wanted to start back building, and turns out they have a lot of hobby shops up north. So, kind of went up there and, and found some stuff and started back into it. My first one when I started back was the, Tamiya to Toyota Super MK4. And uh, I hopped on eBay and found the Model Meister single-turbo engine setup. And this is the first time I'd ever done anything like that, too. So, uh, I was like, man, I'm going to dive into it and buy an airbrush. So, bought an airbrush. I, I was like, I, you're old enough now. So, I wanted to learn, watched a lot of videos, been talking to a lot of guys on the forum, and uh, so my airbrush and compressor set up. And it was a lot of trial and error to start with, but man, after a couple of months, there was no turning back. That was a, a game changer for me was airbrush, because the, the amount of detail that you could, you could put into stuff and just how smooth everything looks when you're done with it, it's the way to go if you can do it. So, and ever ever since then. There's there's been no turning back. I've been trying to be wide open. <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's that really really turned me around was was airbrush. And uh I love love hot rod stuff. I, I mean like I said, I grew up building the the muscle car stuff. I mean, your Chevelles and uh CUDA's and, and challengers and stuff like that. I mean I grew up building that because I didn't know anything about Tamiya kits or anything like that up until probably 2016 2017 and uh once i first to me a kid i got i was like holy crap what have i been missing my whole life you know <laughs> the quality <laughs> is pretty much you could take it out of the box and it just falls together so <laughs>
0: yeah uh,
1: it's it's hard for me to go back to building anything else other than than a tamiya or or a aoshima or something like that because i don't know man they, they got it down they, they know what they're doing
0: yeah Man, that's awesome. I'm I'm happy your dad, you know, showed you like he, you know, he exposed you to the model stuff. You guys did something together because I'm those are memories right there that you have with them. No, for sure, man. And he's
1: still now like he he does uh he goes to shows with me, man. He he loves seeing seeing everybody's build, seeing my builds, stuff like that. So
0: that's awesome. Yeah, it's just great to be able to do that with him. He must he must like trip out on on the builds you're doing now you know like he I'm sure he has a, a really good memory you know seeing like the early builds and then comparing that to now
1: oh yeah man like, I remember back in the day he said that people used to use like the uh the sewing thread and stuff for for spark plug wires you know I mean that's that's a long way now man you can use wrapping wire and just various different things it's just it, it looks so real now.
0: Yeah, in, in in your family now, like, is there anybody younger that's model building or or no? No, nope, just just me. All right, maybe later. Who knows? You could, uh, uh, yeah, you know, a relative pass on the tradition.
1: Well, for sure. I mean, it's it's definitely something you want to pass on. I'm trying to get my little uh, little nephew into it. He likes uh, he likes a lot of spaceships and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. I know a couple of Christmases ago, he wanted a Lego Saturn V. So he got a Lego Saturn V, and he, he liked it, man. He enjoyed doing that. Uh, just, I'm trying to get him into, like, some snap kits and stuff.
0: But, yeah. No, yeah, it'll come. Well, I think the time will come. That's cool. Oh, for sure. Yeah, man. I, I mean, who didn't like Legos as a kid, you know, building? Oh, yeah.
1: I think I think we all had them. I remember <laughs> the bucket that I had was just a little square red bucket of, with, like, 250 or 500 pieces. It was just various things. You didn't have all this stuff they got now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, man, that's cool. And um, as far as um, you know, like, when when you were building, you know, back back in that time, you know, with your father and growing up, um, did you have any friends in the neighborhood or at school that were also model building? You guys would talk about it, or this was just kind of something, just you know, you guys were just just keep it at home kind of vibe.
1: Yeah, no, there was there was nobody that knew that did that stuff, so it was just pretty much me. Yeah.
0: Man, and when you got back into it like twenty sixteen, were you already uh po- like on Instagram or not yet? Like dis- Ooh, discovering the, you know, like the world of the model builders that were all on Instagram? Well
1: I wasn't on Instagram, I was on Facebook
0: and like I had seen a lot of stuff
1: on there as well as like I said, the model cars mag forum. But uh Instagram dude it, it's just a whole nother it's another game changer. Um there was nothing else that let me kind of like branch out or find new things. It was almost like a lot of the stuff on Facebook that I saw was more hot rod derived or muscle car derived stuff like that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that at all, but, and I love building that stuff too, but I want to see, I mean, I like anything, as long as it's built well and clean and you enjoy the build. I mean, I like it. I can, I can build like a 70 Nova, and it'd be enjoyable to me as long as I did it to my ability and, and was something I liked or I would have just as much as I would like a Japanese sports car, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that- yeah I mean, Instagram, like you, like I said, it's, it's a game changer. I didn't know anything about it back then. Nothing, nothing at all. And, uh, snacks, man, he's the one that he pushed me. <laughs> he pushed me last year. He's like, dude, you need to get on Instagram. Cause he, he hit me up on Facebook and, uh, he's like, man, I got some questions and it was just, it was on from then. He was, uh, he was just started building. I wanted to help him out any way I could because I like seeing people get into it because, like everybody says, it's sort of a dying hobby, but it's only because nobody really pushes their kids to do stuff like this anymore. Yeah. I guess because they never really enjoyed it or, or it's just something that's not shed the light, you know. But uh, he asked me some questions and He kept saying, man, he's like, your work would really hit it on Instagram. I was like, eh. I just kind of brushed it off, brushed it off. (laughs) And uh, finally, last year, he he pushed me enough, and I went ahead and created one. So it's been great. I'm glad he finally pushed me enough to do it.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, I feel like, you know, like anything on social media, right, there's so much information that develops, like, every second, every minute, hour, as we go, and, it's like you know, right now we're recording this podcast, but you know, tomorrow, come tomorrow, there's gonna be a whole new set of posts from people, from everybody. And, oh yeah, and and so forth, you know, and and then it's once in a while when somebody hits us with something new or just something that everyone's like, How'd you do that? Or what'd you use? You know, because it's just to our eyes, it's very appealing.
1: Right. And and that to me, I like being asked that way. I like being able to share. I mean, ask me what I did. I'll gladly tell you. I've had a bunch of people, man, that hit me up about the 2K clear from from Splash. Uh, There's no telling how many times that I've told people the exact same thing. And that doesn't bother me not one bit at all. Because, I mean, I want people to improve their skills. I mean, everybody starts somewhere.
0: Yeah. That's true. And when did you discover, like, uh, model car shows in your area? I was, The first show I went to was
1: 2017, and uh, I discovered that from a, a local hobby shop. I had a friend that was going to uh, get into RC cars, and um, he told me about this place we have local. It's a hot rod shop, but they have a hobby shop up front. It's called Mason's Hot Rod. He's like, dude, he's like, you need to go check it out. They've got RC cars. They've just got a, a ton of, of kits and supplies. He's like, you need to go check it out. So I went in looking for some supplies and some kits and things, and they had a flyer on the table for a show that was coming up in January. And I was like, man, I was was super nervous. I was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know if I'm good enough to go to anything like this. And the guy that was running the place, he's he's part of the SCMA chapter, the South Carolina Modelers Association. And uh, he's like, man, just come, man. He's like, you don't have to be great. He's like, there's no level needed to go into the show you know he's just come and enjoy it have a good time check everything out and get a feel for it and uh so i went and uh first year my super that i built in 2016 uh, it's a top 15 show it took took home top 15 so hey i was i was thrilled and i was kind of hooked from there you know i mean Hmm. i saw where i was at with with what everybody was putting on the table and where i needed to improve and and things like that and met a lot of good friends and made a lot of good friends and everybody's just so willing to help, you know?
0: Yeah. That's cool. Were you nervous though? Like, you know, after like, even though the guy said, nah, you know, it's cool. Everything's chill. But like that day when you were, you know, getting ready to like bust out your models and, and put them down, were, were you a bit nervous or on the way there?
1: Oh dude, super nervous. <laughs> super <laughs>
0: nervous because I didn't
1: know what to expect. Yeah, I would never been to anything like this. I didn't even know stuff like that existed, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, just on the way there, I was like, hey, I'm going to get up here and I'm going to look like a goof, you know? I'm going to put my stuff on the table and people aren't even going to walk by and look at it. But I, I guess not. <laughs> it's definitely a little nerve-wracking.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first time. And do... um. Do they still do the shows? Is it like once a year, or how often do they uh, do they do? Only- uh,
1: yeah, that that show is every year in January. Uh, it's called the Hope It Don't Snow Show, and <laughs> um, it's put on in January. And matter of fact, it snowed this last year, and it was almost canceled.
0: Oh, but um,
1: yeah, it's it's put on in January. Uh, same same uh group puts on a show in May, which I went to in Simpsonville, South Carolina. Uh, it's it has a good turnout. Um, There's another show in Spartanburg. I think it's like IPMS show. I haven't been able to go to it because it's been canceled due to COVID. Mm -hmm. But um, I hopefully next year I can get to that one. And uh, there's another one, I think, in Charleston. I've been to it once last year. It was a good show. Same group put it on. It was just the Charleston chapter. And I think, I've never been to this one, but I think there's one in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina as well. But uh, there's... A decent amount of stuff, but nothing like uh, like out west, what you guys have.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's, uh, for you, like, what's the furthest you've traveled to an event?
1: Uh, when I went to the Acme show last year in November, I think that was about a three and a half hour ride.
0: Cool. It, and and uh, did you get to meet, like, a lot of the people on Instagram or not yet?
1: Uh, so I saw, I believe I met Vision124 cool guy super cool guy um i had already knew mr bob downey which i don't know if uh, any anybody listening knows him he, he's done a lot of stuff he's written a lot of magazine articles and things he's a super awesome builder just a great artist and he's the one that taught me into coming down there he's been trying since 2017 to get me to come down there and i finally went i i saw clay kemp his work is amazing i uh, got to meet zen modeling his stuff is amazing um i think shane harold may have been there i think so i'm not sure i believe he was i think i saw some of his stuff on the table uh but i, I think he's inside garage right not inside uh man cave
0: yeah man cave
1: yeah i think some of his stuff was on the table because he, he kills it with his ford truck yeah that's but uh definitely was a a whole nother level of a show. That show is amazing. If you've never been to it and you can get a chance to go, it's it's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's one that uh George keeps uh telling me, you know, you, you need to come out to this show. Like at plan it out or something, but you at least once you need to come out to the show for sure. And also yeah, it's, uh, it's Dennis cool. too. Dennis Matthews, he's another person who like tells me because he goes to that one.
1: Yeah, It shocked me at at how many people were there from, like, West Coast. And and Bob had been telling me that. He's like, man, he's like, we get people here from California and Oregon. He's just everywhere.
0: Yeah. Damn, that's dope. And um, as far as, like, this year in your area, are the shows already done for the year pretty much until next? Uh,
1: That one in January and May, of course, they're done. Um, There's one in October down in Charleston that I am planning on going to. And as far as I know, there's nothing, nothing on my radar anyway. And then you've got the Acme show in November again. So.
0: Nice. And, and you are planning on going to that one, the, the Acme this year? I,
1: I hope so. If I can get the time off from work to go.
0: Yeah. It just depends. And, um, yeah. Um, regarding going back to like the building, what, what's like your, um, your favorite part of during the build?
1: Favorite part during the build. Oh man.
0: Ah, Probably
1: whenever you put the body and the chassis together, after you've had everything painted up and it's, you're on that home stretch, just seeing, just seeing what it looks like. You're able to to stick the body on it, maybe slap the wheels on there and just sit back and like, Oh man, it's going to be wicked whenever it gets done. That's probably my favorite stage.
0: And what's your, uh, like, your least favorite part of the build?
1: Oh, any kind of taping. (laughs) I hate taping. So, like, whenever you have tape up for for trim work and stuff on windows, it's just so time-consuming, man, because you have to take your time or it's going to turn out like crap. And the sanding part of it and the panel line scribing, I ain't going to say it's, like, horrible, but it is very just just boring, and you, you don't see anything happening.
0: Yeah. Have you ever had it happen when you're scribing in the panel line and, and then you go off a little and you end up like cutting the, like scribing the door? Oh man. When I first
1: started scribing, it was so horrible. I was like, how in the world do people do this stuff? You know, it's, I think I was just really rushing it and putting too much pressure on it. And I got to do a lot of reading, a lot of talking to people. Those first couple of passes, man, you gotta let the tool do the work. And it, it was just hard for me to get that in my head, you know? I'm one of those people that wants to see results right then. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've definitely went off the, uh, the line before and dug into a door or roof or hood. And you either have to, if it digs in too far, you have to fill it and sand it. Or sometimes you might get lucky and you're able to just whip out the sanding stick and, and sand it out and blend it in. But man, I, I try to be super careful nowadays.
0: Do you prefer for filling in, do you prefer, uh, the CA glue or putty?
1: Well, with putty, when I started using it, I did a 55 Cameo truck years ago. First thing I'd ever done any putty work with, I, I puttied up the door handles, the gas uh, gas neck, the drip rails and all that stuff, and primered it. And it looked great. Come back a couple days later, it looked like just absolute mess because it shrunk up. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, and I've always had a problem with that. And I got to talk to some guys on the forum, and usually they would say, well... Put your putty on, sand it down, then take some CA glue, put it over top of it, and then sand that down. Like I said, that will reduce your possibility for shrinkage. So, and it's work, but it's a lot of work. Sanding that crate, uh, um, CA glue is just, if you put it on thick, it's hard.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've learned the hard way with the CA glue by putting on a lot. Uh, There was a, you know how uh, there's a, a Woody by Ravel. It's it's basically, um, man, what car is it? It's like a a Merc, but it's a Woody, and I'm pretty I, sure I've
1: seen that kit before.
0: And I know that, that um, <laughs> the Jimmy Flintstone has a, a resin body of it, but it's it's it has a chopped roof on his right. on his version. And I was like, oh man, like I want the I want to do the chopped version. You know, I really like the way that looks. But I don't want to. I don't want to go with the with the the wood, you know, on the side. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, at the time, I was like, how am I gonna do this? So I already got the Ravel kit to for the the donor, and I was like, all right, I need to fill in all those wood panels on the side. So I ended up like putting so much CA glue on the side of the body just to <laughs> fill it all in. <laughs> Dude, it was taking forever, like just sessions of filling in and sanding, filling in and sanding and priming. Like, I think I went through a whole can of primer, like in different sessions and glue. And it's still like, it was just looking odd and weird. And, you know, later in time, I was thinking to myself, you know, why didn't I just use styrene first to like fill in? Because it was at least about like maybe one or two millimeters. Oh yeah, it could
1: have threw some rod in there But looking back at it. But yeah, hey, hindsight's twenty <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. twenty. I was like, man, I, I could have put stuff in there, but I didn't. You know, I was just using glue and man that that right I still have it. I'll have to like bust out with them, like take some photos and send to you for you to oh, see. Man. But I was like, Oh You're, dude. You were probably
1: like, What in the world did I get myself into? It was probably one of those you just wanted to sideline and never look back.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. It's just chilling. It's been chilling in the box for years. You know, it's just there. And I, the other day, I remember I, I, I saw it and I was like, oh, no, nah, I'm not even in the mood, you know. <laughs> like, flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, I was just getting some flashbacks. I was like, "Nah, I'm not I'm not going to do that. But you know that I've never done that trick, though, what you just said, with the putty and then layering yep. like a small amount of the CA glue over that.
1: It, it works pretty well. I've had a couple of times this shrank a little bit, but mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, it works very well and uh like if i fill in a a tag hole or something like that i I usually try to do that but here recently i've tried some of the uh the two-part um glazing putty the bondo stuff Mm -hmm. stinks to high heaven but it works pretty well it dries super quick sands out very easy and it doesn't shrink so i had i have started using that mr bob downey recommended that to me and and it's worked pretty good and sam's has told me he uses a automotive filler as well for filling in stuff he said it stands out easy but i don't know what it is so it stands easy and doesn't shrink so mm-hmm. i need to get with him and I'll, I'll let you know what that is because he said that stuff's awesome it's like a light blue color or something whatever it's mixed together
0: oh nice there is a uh model makes a putty that i recently started using on this uh high ace van that i'm um that from i'm using a zoom on body kit on yeah, And there was these gaps after I applied the body kit that I needed to fill in. And the gaps were pretty big. So I I was like, all right, I'm going to use this, this putty here. And it's basically a two-part. You mix it a one-on-one. And one thing I liked about it was that it, it didn't have any smell, like any scent at all really so not not like bondo dude that stuff will run you out of the house <laughs> yeah no and that was one of the things i was a bit worried about because i my my daughter almost going to be two, and i'm like worried about her like smelling chemicals and all this right, stuff right especially you know and i was like i don't know if i should do this outside or or, or what am i going to do and then i even opened i put a little fan i opened up the window then i when i opened up the package there was like no scent and the two pieces are just wrapped in plastic so after i open each piece there was still no scent. So I was like, oh cool. I I can work with this. So I mixed I mixed it one-on-one and I did see a video online of someone using it and they were saying, you know, I recommend probably to add a little bit more of the hardener in there just so it hardens even like faster and, and right. you know, just to make sure that it's gonna get hard or whatever. And right. I just um I did that and then you know I, I I got a uh, a piece of tape, like a big piece of tape, like three-inch tape. I put it on my cutting mat, and I just laid it on top of there, and I started working it. And then I was just using uh, putty tools to cut out, like, small amounts of putty and applying it onto the model. Once uh, everything was set, I had, like, at least, like, a 30-minute window of working with it. It's mm-hmm. It says an hour, but I, I started to notice once I was, like, getting – in that 30 range, it was it was in, like, it started like, to get hard. Like, it was in acting the same as it was, you know, in the beginning. Right, it was starting to get pretty tacky. Yeah, and then I was like, all right, this, this is it then. So, if anything, I'll, you know, I'll sand this tomorrow and I'll continue it. Because it, it says, give it about a 12-hour uh, wait time for it to get. It says once it's 12 hours, uh, you should be able to sand it, even cut it, or drill into it. And oh, man. And once I started, like, sanding it I, and, and cutting it a little, I was like, dude, it's, like, it's hard. Like, it's, it's set. And then, you know, time went on, and I started to notice other little areas now. Like, just for myself, I was like, oh, I'm not happy with this little area. Let me fill this in and this in. And when I started to use it, like, the second and third time, I noticed it wasn't working the same as the first time. Like, I wasn't getting those results. And I was like, right. what the heck's going on? Uh, one of the things I didn't like is, um, well, I, it doesn't say which one's a hardener, <laughs> which one's like the. Oh, the man, that kind of sucks. So I was like, Dang, So I kept going back to the video to reference. And then I right. was going like, man, I should I should have wrote on the plastic. I just I couldn't figure it out. So, I was just like, all right, I'm going to stick just to the one and one like, trying to get it at e- as even. as. So, I was using, like, a razor to cut, like, the edges of the square from mm-hmm. each piece to match. But still, I was like, it, you know, like, man, did, I had good results the first time around, but I don't know what's going on. So, I just need to figure it out to dial it in. I'm not giving up on it. I feel like... <laughs> you know, from I see a lot of uh, the people in the Gundam community use it, and and they get great results from it. So I'm just like, all right, I need to just figure it out. If anything, I'm just going to hit them up and send them a picture of the company and be like, which is a harder, and which is not? <laughs>
1: That'd probably be the easiest thing to do because, I mean, heck, you might want it to cure a little bit faster. Yeah. And it would be good to know.
0: <laughs> yeah. But the one thing uh, about it that I did like is that it did not have a scent on it, for, you know? I was wondering right. I did like, yeah,
1: that man, that bondo stuff. I already knew because I worked with bondo before in the past, working on cars, and dude, I I went outside with that. I knew immediately. <laughs> I mixed it on the tailgate of my truck with a piece of cardboard, and I left the uh, the model outside for like two or three hours. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I come upstairs to sand it, I knew it was going to stink when I sanded it, and I opened the window, cut a fan on, and then sanded it like that. But mm-hmm. and it wasn't wasn't as horrible as whenever it's wet but it, it does the job
0: right on and then uh, another thing i wanted to add on uh is you're you're doing 3d printing too right
1: yeah it just started not too long ago with that that's a that's a whole nother world
0: <laughs> yeah and how's that going so far like it like well so so far
1: it's it's going pretty good there's definitely a huge learning curve to it um i've got cat experience just because of what i do for my everyday job but the settings on the printer are just so. I don't know. You look online and everybody's like, "Oh, set this, set this," and you're, you'll get a good print. Well, then you get other people saying, "Well, no, that's not going to work." And it's all dependent on where you're at, and weather plays a big factor in it. Temperature and where you're printing that, the batch of resin, everything plays a big part in it. And IceMan has really helped me out a lot, and uh, I think it's KB KB 3D Printing or 3D Prints he he's helped me out a good bit and uh model car ca uh blake he's helped me out a good bit and um it's it's definitely a big learning curve man the 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 supports kind of throw you for a loop when you're trying to get something and you, you got like a two-hour print and you're like it's oh, gonna be great and it turns out half of it fails or half of it's good or it's sometimes it's frustrating just to get that down but once you got it locked down i mean you got that file it's ready to go it's it's definitely steps a, a whole nother level to building because with the tires and wheels for this Hummer that I got from from Z-Force dude that's that was first first second print I think after I got my supports figured out after some help mm-hmm. it was it was just awesome there was that was the cleanest print I have ever seen I have I've bought a lot of 3d printed stuff from people and you just kind of see the layer lines in it and overall you're like, man, it's going to require some sanding or a lot of heavy primer or something like that. These, these files are awesome. That that mono X is, I know it's not like the big dog on the market, but it it does great for what it is.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you this. So the lines you mentioned, so that's what they're called. Layer lines. It's it's uh, a little kind of wavy sort of. Yeah. And you can see where
1: it stacks up, where it prints each individual layer, whenever it's sliced out. So all depends on, uh, I may be wrong on this, but it all depends on the angle of of what you're printing, your layer height and your stuff like that, and your um, exposure time to how long it cures before the next layer. It's It's a lot to it. It's a lot. It's definitely different. (laughs) It's very frustrating at times. Like, I've had some stuff that I've tried to print in the middle of building this Hummer for my next build, and some of it will turn out great, but I can't. I can't get a grasp on certain things like, like tires. I just keep failing. I keep having failed prints. So it's been back to the drawing board. I've had, I had a lot of, of communication with, with a couple of guys about that and everybody's got a different opinion. I'll try it. And it doesn't work. <laughs> so it's, it's just one of those where you got to kind of step aside for a minute and scratch your head and come back to it and try something different. If it works, it works If it doesn't, it doesn't. So.
0: Yeah, like those, uh, like when you started buying your your first files from people, and you were like, "All right, cool, I'm gonna print this." That feeling of like waiting, did it feel like it was like taking forever because man, you were you were excited?
1: It, it felt like an eternity. Because <laughs> you, you you see all these things like, "Oh man, that file is gonna print in four hours." And you load the you load the build plate up, and you have some serious height and stuff or a good print angle on something. It's gonna take a, at least two hours, but you're right though it, it feels like forever because you're anxious to see if what you did worked or if it's going to fail or if it just comes out half you know <laughs>
0: yeah. No, yeah it reminds me it's like trying to download like music or something and oh yeah and you're just waiting and you're like you know you could just walk away and go do something but you're kind of like now nah, let, let me see yeah. where we at what percentage we at <laughs> go back to them dial-up days <laughs> <laughs> yeah so true <laughs> Man, that's cool. Yeah, I I don't have a 3D printer, but I feel like eventually when I do get a 3D printer, you know, I'll be doing the same, like purchasing files and just, you know, trying to dial it in, learning that process of like printing them and and just seeing how they come out. But at the same time, my expectations are probably going to be like thinking, all right, it's going to come out great this first time because, you know, the file's already (laughs) done. But maybe nothing else is, like, dialed in right, you know, on my end. Right. And, uh, and that that, work, that will happen. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, because sometimes I, randomly I'll see posts, you know, from, some, like, different people saying, like, man, I feel like throwing this thing out the window. What am I doing wrong? You know, the print's not coming out right. And, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff out there. A lot of people designing cool things, and they're making it available for sale. Eventually I'm going to want to purchase some stuff and, and have, and, you know, if, you know, at the same time, it's going to, it's going to spark curiosity for me to be like, all right, let me see if, uh, what I could make for myself or, or for others, you know, like maybe people might need this or I don't know, you know, but, but yeah, it's, it's good times right now. I feel like right now is a, a good time, you know, for model building and for 3d printing. Oh, for sure. And then 3D printing
1: itself has sparked
0: so much interest in, in the building
1: community. You know? I know when I went to Acme last year, there was a couple of builds on the table that the entire thing from like ground up was all 3D printed. I think it was like a Jaguar or Ferrari kit that some guy had made. And it was, it looked like it was just a, a cast molded kit, you know, it looked great. And everybody dude everybody was interested in that. And I mean, you know, back in, years ago 3d printing i mean it's been around for a while now but it's just now come down sort of affordable for for people like us you know that don't want to spend a butt load on something they're not going to make a living off of or something like that. they just want to do it for their enjoyment and it's, it's starting to get where everybody's wanting to try it and it, it it steps a whole nother level up to any any of your builds it's just like this that's the whole reason i bought it the wheels and engine parts and Small body parts stuff like that. I mean, you, like you said, you you're going to see stuff. Oh man, that'd be cool. I'm, I'm going to build this or I'm going to print that for this build. And the, I don't know. You kind of get in this little rabbit hole of just going and getting all these files and like uh, you you know. I mean, you don't you don't build anything because you're consumed in printing. <laughs> <laughs> I had a buddy that was down in Charleston, uh, Holy City Customs, He got his before me, and he's like, man, he's like, you get that printer. He said, you're not going to build. I was like, nah, that's, that's a lie. And dude, for a solid two, three weeks, I bet I didn't touch the bench. I was out there working with that 3d printer, trying to get stuff done. <laughs> yeah.
0: Dang. Yeah, I could see that for sure. You know, cause it's, it's something new and you have a goal, you know, you, you want to learn and you want to be able to produce with it.
1: Oh, for sure. And it's like you said, man, it's something it's, like it's, it's new. Uh, you want to, you want to see, you want to see results out of it and I don't know. You just you kind of hype yourself up for it, and when you do get that fail, you kind of bummed. But at the same time, you're like all right, I got to figure out what's wrong. That troubleshooting side of you, it kind of eats you up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm fascinated right now by uh, people printing engines, or even like engine bays for like cars that don't even come with an engine. Let's say like some yes. Aoshima kits. Yes. You know, for that, the most part, you the op- level. <laughs> you know like you open them up and and you're you're building up but you know it's already a curbside cuz you know you're not going to open up the hood or show up. But let's say if you're like, "All right, I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to I'm going to get a 3D printed engine. I'm going to put it in there." But then it's like the next thing now is like, "Oh, I got to create the engine bay in there." And and then is it or how are you going to do it is it going to be true to like the car, like the style that it's set up in there or or am I just going to do my own, like, custom take, like, scratch right. scratch building or what's going to go on? And, you know, all that stuff, if you have to scratch build it, you're starting to go down a rabbit hole right there. And it's going to, oh, yeah, like... Especially if you're new to scratch building stuff. Oh, yeah, man. Yep. But, like, with 3D printing, that could be a, a savior right there, right? Being able to just print that engine bay and print that separate engine to install and then just... After that, start adding all those aftermarket products in there.
1: Heck yeah! I, a couple months ago, there was—I can't remember who it is—that that sells, uh, they sell an engine bay for the Tamiya S2000 kit. They had advertised it all over Facebook and and Instagram. I was like, man, I was like, that file better come available. And sure enough, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I saw it on Colts 3D, and I was like, heck yeah, I'm adding that to my list because I got one of those in the stash. And whenever it gets time to come build it it's going to get that engine bay with a with a f20 kit in it so
0: yeah that's yeah. gonna be sweet yeah it's cool and I, and you know it's it's uh everything's going at such a rapid pace i could only imagine you know what's going to come out towards the end of this year and then next year as well
1: oh oh yeah because like
0: i think any
1: cubic's got like a 8k printer now or something like that it's they're just skyrocketing with different things like the the mono x uh like last year or something was one of their big dogs or top of the line they had. Then they started coming out with the six k stuff. And it's almost like phones and TVs, man. They're just, they're evolving
0: so quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder what they do with their older, uh, you know, like printed models. If people are like, can I return it and you guys can recycle it and <laughs> I'll get the newest one.
1: <laughs> yeah. That, that
0: would be, uh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, because you know sometimes a bit of an exchange uh exchange program. Yeah, like the cell phones, they're like companies yeah. are like, Oh yeah, we will take these years or these ones for sure. Yeah, we'll give you money for your old cell phone <laughs> on towards a new one. Yeah. Are are you waiting for the time when they come out with the 3D printer? Obviously the time is like less, like half the time, maybe that's going on now. No none of those wave lines, none of that uh
1: the wave lines now, far as what I have done, has definitely decreased. It's just now of uh, finding that happy medium on a support to get the, the dang thing to stick to the plate. Because uh, some of your heavier tires or, or wheels or stuff, depending on what sort of angle you print it out, the, the supports don't want to hold it. And you might have a half a tire and then it turns loose and, and it just fails. But the stuff that does print, I, I'm super happy with. And the timing's not that horrible because, like I said, Iceman's helped me out, out with a lot of my speeds and, and, and cure times and stuff like that. And the stuff that does print out is great. It looks super smooth, and I couldn't be more happy with it. It's just I wish I could get it to where the uh, the supports would stick where I could get a full print on some of my stuff. It's just going to be trial and error.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. And I'm sure you'll you'll uh, keep us updated as you go, you know, along.
1: Oh yeah, this like I said, this next build, and I think I I have some stuff too that I have to print out for the top of the Hummer. I'm actually going to do like some Pelican cases and uh, uh, a little Yeti cooler and stuff like that, just for the top rack on it. Kind of a little bit of off road stuff. So. Yeah, um, got some. I've I've had a couple of failed prints on that stuff and a couple of successful ones, but I'm going to try to tweak it just a little bit more. So I, the OCD in me. Didn't want to see any of those lines in that. And some of those files, I think, may suck. Because I've, I've gotten some some really good files, like I said, from Z-Force. His stuff prints out no problem. And then I've downloaded some other files, and you're like, Yeah, this, this looks great. You open it up, it looks great. And it prints out, and it sucks. And I'll send it to my buddy. he prints out, it sucked, too. I'm like, okay, this file is just junk. So you'll get that. And I've talked to a buddy out in Oregon. He, he's done some 3D printing. And he's like, dude, he said, it's got to be the file. He said, wherever you're getting it from, he's like, just try to read reviews and stuff. He said, because chances are you could get a great file from one dude and then another, and you could get just a junk file. And it could be just making you slam your head against the wall.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because you got two, you know, or different producers creating that file. Yep.
1: yep and it's all in how it was made in the whatever cab program, whatever shortcuts they took, or however long they took to clean it up. And, uh, I guess it's how well they wanted to make it.
0: Yeah, man, that's a trip. I don't even know about that. Now you're making me think. I'm like, <laughs> that's so true. Nah, it's. I, I'm always interested. You know, like every every guest that I've had on lately on the podcast, it's 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 a trip. How you know, before we really never got into you know any kind of conversation regarding 3D printing, it would get mentioned, but not too much. And now I would say like. You know, from the beginning of this year to now, uh, a lot of my guests ha- own a 3D printer and they're printing or they're doing something with it. So it's it's always, it fascinates me, but it's always cool to hear about 3D printing.
1: Yeah, I was super on the fence about it for the longest because the one, just the size of it and space it's going to take up and the smell. That's That's a horrible smell, dude. I'm going to tell you that right now. I thought I was going to print in my bonus room and just kind of vent it like I vent for when I paint stuff. Nah, I didn't want to, uh, like, expose my wife and my dog to that stuff. So mm-hmm. it went out in the garage, man. I, I'm not dealing with that. <laughs> it went out in the garage. I'll crack both doors, open the windows, and I've got a uh, a couple of little air Purifier things that goes in there that any, any cubic makes and it does clean up smell a lot, but I wouldn't not put it in my home. I'd hate to do that. Like and especially you, man, with with your kid, and yeah. definitely not a way to go. It's some it's some stinky stuff.
0: Yeah, you're like the paint passes, but not, not the right the the three the material used in the 3D print.
1: It lingers yeah. <laughs> and it's toxic too. So it's just yeah. it's about as bad as 2K clear, but mm-hmm. it it smells. Twenty
0: times worse than two K. Yeah, man. Right now, that's that's something I've been wanting to do lately. Is I have a, a model car I need to clear, and I know it, it's easy. You know, like using the two K clear is so easy to mix and get it going and everything. But it's just right now I'm having an issue finding the right time to like everything's yeah. prepped and ready to go. I I pretty much just need to make the time to go to the garage, you know, spray it and let it cure like do all the sessions let it cure and then that's it and i'm done uh, but it's been like i have mean, just been busy it's been hard to even just do that oh,
1: for sure everyday life man it gets in the way but yep. hey it'll always be there when you come back to it
0: yeah so that, that's kind of one of the things i've been kind of just telling myself like all right no stress on it don't no trip like you know the the clear is gonna be there you know <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure sam will keep producing this you know for as long as <laughs> oh for sure we're building you know it's not gonna Yeah, go as long anywhere. as we
1: keep him in business he's gonna be popping it
0: out yep yep and i'm just like all right when that time comes cool it'll be worth it but yeah i just been kind of um taking my time i haven't been able to do that but man i just love that clear though can't can't stop talking about it it's so dope hey, that-
1: that stuff is awesome i've used a lot of different clears before i, I started using splashes 2k and i'm not gonna call any names and stuff but I've, I've used some junk <laughs> and it makes you want to just throw that whole build away <laughs> and i don't know how i found splash i think it was through model cars for them and um i was like hey, i'm gonna give this stuff a try and i shot it and i was like dude this stuff is awesome i kept using it and using it and kept reading some stuff and i was like, all right i'm I'm gonna push it a little further so each time i'll I'll spray like my final wet coat on one i'll i'll thin it a little further and further just so it comes out smoother and i've gotten now hour pretty much i don't have to do any sanding and if i do it's just because there's a little bit of trash in it Mm. wow like you said that's some that is some great clear and uh speaks for itself whenever it's laid down on something
0: yeah no i love it uh Hey, Scott, is there any uh, shout-outs you want to give before we wrap this episode up?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, definitely want to thank Splash, man. Sam over at Splash, he, he reached out to me last year and uh, wanted to do a Mustang GT4 build to start out with. And it's just been all downhill from there. He's, he's a great guy. He's, he's He makes some awesome paints. Great customer service. I mean even when I was buying stuff from him, his stuff would get here in like two, three days from Oregon, South Carolina. So he just great product, man. Anybody, especially at shows, they come up and they like, Oh, what pain is that? What clear is that? And I'll tell them about it. And, man, I hope they go buy it because it's, it's good stuff. And uh, he's definitely somebody I want to, want to thank and mention because he, he's put me on the map a little bit too, dude, actually a whole lot. So, uh, and Scale by snacks. so Bill Kauf, man, definitely want to thank him for pushing me for to get on Instagram because it was just Facebook for a while. And I kind of got mixed feelings on Facebook because you put stuff on there and you got so many people that want to be just kind of dickish about stuff and don't have anything nice to say or no comments or, or that are anything positive. Nothing like Instagram, man. Instagram is, is definitely where it's at because everybody wants to help everybody and that's the way it should be and um yeah i, I thank bill for getting me on here and um a rev he's he's another one i want to think that, that guy will go out of his way to help anybody and i've had a lot of questions that i've asked him whenever i was starting to deal with scale Motorsports carbon and uh I, I hate to bother him, but he's like, "No, nah, dude, you're not bothering me." He did send me voice messages. He he did anything he could to help me, and uh, I'm sure he'd do that for anybody. He, he's just stand up guy, and uh, he's definitely full of knowledge. And um, uh, Model Car CA Blake, he's helped me a lot. Like I said, with this uh, this 3D printing adventure, he's him's been back and forth a little bit. Iceman, he's he's definitely helped me out with getting my settings and stuff, and. KBD or KB3D printing they've uh, they've helped me out a lot too but there's uh my buddy Paul down in Charleston Holy City Customs Holy City Skill Customs um me and him talk about every day usually about stuff that we're building or what we're going to work on or what we've bought just what do you think about this or hey does this look good if it does I'm scrapping it you know he's just he's my opinion guy for sure on, on stuff like that because me and him's got a lot of the same taste uh, people like that, man, they, they keep me going. Yeah. I, I, and then like you, dude, thank you for, for having me on here.
0: You're welcome, man. a thank great you.
1: opportunity, man.
0: No, this was awesome, I, dude. I had a, I had a good time talking to you.
1: Yes, sir. I did too. I enjoyed it.
0: That's cool, man. Yeah, and I mean, I, I look forward to uh, to your future builds. Just keep doing what you're doing, you know, inspiring people, sharing the knowledge and everything like that. You know, I, I think it's awesome. You know, I, I feel you're very you're a very important person in the model car community, you know, and and it's just like we're rooting for you, man. Just keep doing your thing.
1: Thanks, brother. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thank you. And um so this is episode number one seventy. And uh stay tuned, everybody, for next week for another episode. I hope you have a, a good night, Scott, and we'll keep in touch online. Yes, sir, same to you. All right. Thank you. Peace out, guys. All right. Later. Bye.